blockchain. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Don't forget to help us out by hitting that like, that share, and that subscribe. Help us beat all those nasty robot AI sensors. You know, there's a big thing going around, JC, that... Um, Zuckerberg's not even a real person anymore. <laughs> and that's the new thing that goes around, you know, like the 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 aliens and the pretty sure I said that years ago. People that uh, uh Zuckerberg <clears throat> may have begun by being a person, but he got too big and they decided that it would be better that he be AI so that he could be controllable. <laughs> so the question becomes, does he actually still exist? <laughs> Model six <laughs> AI. That's what Zuckerberg is. I had to chuckle this morning. When we were coming in. Jackie says, hello, had to double take to see what day it was. Thought it was still Sunday. Jackie was with us all week last week in Texas. So she's, she's suffering from a little bit of the jet lag, I guess that I have from, <laughs> from, from being on that roller coaster. I think Jackie was at almost 
I think she was in almost everything that I did last week. And Jackie was the one, JC, that put together um, this class with all the students. And we had multiple uh, Christian schools, multiple homeschool co-ops, multiple, uh, and, and all their parents were uh, sitting there. You know, I always make the parents sit in the back when I teach the students. And man, it was, uh, it was absolutely, Texas was a really great week. Can I tell you that? Oh yeah, that's the other thing, Madeline, it, it, that he's a clone. He's not actually, yeah, he's just a clone. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you, JC, that was a really great, encouraging week. I wish that everybody could have experienced that with us to see how many people are excited about the future, which is interesting in a day where people are really feeling discouraged and and feeling like they've been kicked in, in the voting crotch and, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, we 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 connected with some people. We had a very, very large, I don't even think I, I was able, uh, no, by the time, when I was sending you those pictures, that was Friday, right? Mm -hmm. So you didn't get to see the huge crowd that we had for our, um, our five hour workshop Awesome that we had. So it was, it was just amazing. I'll just, if you want to see that picture, just go to my Instagram page, Chris Ann at chrisann.hall. I'm pretty sure that's my Instagram, isn't it? And then you can see all the pictures from all the events that we did. So this is, let me look at my calendar thing here. Yeah, this is February, February 1. And whether you support it or not, whether you like it or not, America refers to this as Black History Month. And you know how I am, guys. Everything is a teaching moment. And what an amazing opportunity do we have to teach about American, about the, the African, the black Americans that help build America, that the schools aren't talking about, that I guarantee you're not going to hear Kamala or Biden talk about and help empower our young people. We actually have several classes at libertyfirstuniversity.com to help educate, organize, and activate communities of people who are otherwise, when you say otherwise, taught that they're not part of America. Yeah, for sure. And so we have JC's class, More Than Victims. We also have a class that I teach called uh, Forgotten Founders that not only has the minorities, but has the women that are left out. And then we have a really, I think it's one of our one of our more intensive classes, JC, at libertyfirstuniversity.com. And that's the class on uh, slavery and the American founders, on what they actually said about slavery and how they designed the constitutional re republic to be an end to slavery. So what I want to do is I want to sort of share, JC, I want us to talk about this class more than victims. And I want to share a little segment of it that you taught live at the river so people can see uh, just a little bit about how amazing this is. Let me make sure my volume is turned up. There we go. Conqueror. That's what black Americans should say. That's certainly what believers should say. But see, they want to, they want to divide us. They want to separate us. They want to put you in, into a box. If you sever black Americans from their heritage, from their history, 
you sever black America from even caring about that. Then you sever them from the black patriots, the black heroes, the influential, successful, impactful, founding black fathers of this nation. And say that you're a victim and you've been victimized and exploited. Then you know what happens? You're open up to manipulation so that they can make an entire generation hate their own country. You don't think any of your people played a role in this nation. So therefore, America is something else. America is somebody's, somebody else's. It's the white man's. It's not yours. So they want to divide us from one another. They want to divide us from our country. They want to put us in a box, make us hate each other. And JC, that's what this class is a remedy to, right? Tell, can you, I want you to tell the people a little bit more about this class. Give me, you know, how do they reach other people once they've listened to this class? Um, or become a student of this class because this is an amazing class. We've had people say that this is absolutely life changing. Well, um, becomes I don't know what you mean. Become students. You, you, you're talking about share. I mean, you just share the history. I, mm -hmm. I it, it's laid out in like short biographies, you know. So um, <clears throat> I created began to create a project, Unsung Heroes Project. Uh, dot com to kind of capture the individual biographies. And so we try to make it uh, try to build it in such a way where you can just share the individual stories, you know, because Black History Month, the February Black History Month is not Black History Month. It's 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 really more Black Communist Month. Yeah, because all of the you know, all, what they teach about are uh, the di different <clears throat> black Americans in history who promoted communism, you know, that's what they focus on or everything is about the, all the bad part of slavery, all the bad history of slavery, not the full history of slavery, but you know, that part of history, that part of slavery history that they can use to excite the emotions and divide people from one another. So in this, that class I present, you know, initially, <clears throat> I became acquainted with uh, William Cooper Nell's book, uh, Colored Patriots of the American Revolution. And he's, you know, there's a whole catalog of these individuals. And I present the biographies in the presentation all prior to all, all the people are histories prior to Emancipation Proclamation. So I show all the great things that uh, black Americans did. Uh, prior to Emancipation Proclamation and helped founding America. Because as, as you saw in the clip, that's the, um, that's the, uh, the design is to, you know, divide and conquer based on race and that sort of thing. And I, I don't mean, I don't even like, I don't even like, I don't like the term black history. They're just, they're Americans. It's American right. history is right. what it is. But, you know, you use that term just as an indicator of, this is this is what we're talking about as opposed to um, the propaganda that's out there. Yeah. And that's why I said, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the whole title Black History Month either, but this is a teaching opportunity. Mm -hmm. You have a moment in the American psyche where people have opened up their minds to learn something new about a particular segment of American history. And we have the opportunity as people who are educated in this, people who are are, are those who are trained in this to be able to teach people 
that uh, that American that that black people in American America have more of a history than just simply victimhood. Right. That we have we have people in American history that were African that were were born American free before the Emancipation Proclamation, who were successful, who were were wealthy, who were philanthropists, who voluntarily fought for our individual rights and and believed in that so wholly. There's some that even went from slavery into independence, uh, into freedom, just simply because they were were people who were um, uh, people who were in love with this knowledge of liberty and knew that a free America is the only way that you would be able to combat that. So we have got to be those who teach that. And that's why uh, we not only have JC, not only has the unsung heroes, heroes project.com that he's just put here in the chat room for you guys. But also we have Liberty First University, which teaches this, uh, these these people so that you can teach other people about uh, about them. You know, I mean, if you just put up something on your social media, then maybe you're not being as effective as if you were able to greet somebody outside or do something like that and help people. Right. Yeah. And you can go to unsung heroes project dot com and you can you can get a lot of the information. I, I'm not sure I understand the comment fully here. Fadi Debs, nothing wrong with saying black American history, which I agree with that. I think they should have their own say in history. I'm, I'm not sure what that means. Have their own say. Um, history is history. Right. So, you know, whether like I could be black, you could be white and Mm -hmm. we're describing a history. It's, simply what happened. It doesn't change coming out of the mouth of, uh, you know, individual people, uh, depending on what color their skin is. So it's either true or it's not. And the problem with what is, what is being put forward as, uh, history, black history in black history month is not that it's not that it's not true. I mean, much of it's true, but it's, but it's a, it's pigeonholed. Like it's a, it's a myopic view to where that, what is put forward are cherry picked individuals in history and black, black Americans in history who are communist and who promote communist ideals. So those are the typical heroes that they talk about, or uh, they'll talk about certain individuals, as I said, particularly connections to slavery, Harriet Tubman and the Harriet Tubman story is, is distorted, very right, distorted, very distorted. Um, not to take anything away from her, but no, but it, but it, it's the, not the, the full way, truth. right? The way that it's told um, ignores ignores a much broader, deeper history. Same thing with the slavery narrative. So when you go to the slavery museum in yeah. Washington D.C., so it's it's very uh, it's crafted, very particularly crafted, right? Let's show you the horrors of slavery and all that. So, which, which I think, you know, should be told it is part of history for certain, but the, but the problem is if you leave out of air and, and you haven't learned, for instance, about 
all the people that I have in this presentation, you you get a very one-sided view of history and, mm -hmm. and, and it engenders this distorted perspective of all black people ever were, uh, were slaves and, and they just suffered brutality. And so every, and so the, it helps stoke this bitterness and sense of retribution. So you have to wonder if you had side by side, the sort of horrific story of slavery, while at the same time, the also true history of the many, many, many black Americans right. at that it, at the period of time, all the way from the foundation, who did great things in spite of slavery uh, or outside of slavery and, and and all this sort of stuff. So you couldn't say, you know, uh, um, all America's ever done is hold the black man down. If, right. if that's so, how did you have, uh, you know black Americans at that time who were millionaire restaurateurs. Like, how does that happen? Mayors, mayors, uh, <laughs> sheriff, judge, archaeologists. judges, archaeologists, you know, uh, first black pharmacy and, and pharmacist. A I mean, black woman who was a real estate millionaire mogul. So you, it's just, if you just key in on, you know, one sliver of the history, don't get the full picture. And it enables you to continue agen uh, an agenda of divisiveness because and it's interesting how they they want to protect it. The 1619 Project, total garbage, like they're, the whole 1619 Project, for instance, is based solely on that perspective. So they mm -hmm. start from the premise. America is inherently racist. America was built totally on racism. Uh, slavery is the original sin. And, and that's that's the whole premise of American history uh that they teach the fact of the matter is if you take a broader broader you know global perspective on slavery slavery was simply an assumed part of reality all over the world for thousands upon thousands of years it was in fact only america had a war to overthrow it. I mean, you look at the massive abolitionist movement in America. Right. So what, what eventually occurred in America was the exception to history, right? Slavery was the norm worldwide. So this bizarre distorted perspectives, like Americans invented slavery. Americans were the original racist. I mean, it, it's just, it's just kind of crazy, you know? And then, uh, and, and and Gary, you 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 see this point of view. Morgan Freeman famously talked about this of not dwelling on it. And this is one of the things I think. If you have that sliver of history, dwelling on that obviously is going to cause massive problems. Right. Okay. So Morgan Freeman was like, "You you want to stop racism? Stop talking about it." I I think actually, if you simply talked about the entirety of the historical record. Right. Right. There wouldn't be like, oh, well, don't dwell on this because it'd be something to celebrate. The, right. the actual history of black America is a, is a, I mean, it, clearly there's uh horrific episodes of violence and things you could point to. One thing that, that was not the majority of everywhere in America, uh, but it's a story of victory. It's a sport. It's a story of overcoming. Mm -hmm. It's a, I mean, it's a history to celebrate it should be an inspirational history right uh instead how how it's distorted and cherry-picked it becomes a very sort of dark depressing 
uh, embittering story. Right. Right. And so that I think in that manner, you can tell, you know, it, it indicates how it how it's dealt with. And I, I think that's where uh, Morgan Freeman was coming from. Like, you want to you want to get past this. Don't talk about it. And I think his point was, which which 100 percent is absolutely right. And, and this is the other the other agenda with this distorted history is to make people victims and powerless and and underachievers or non-achievers. So Morgan Freeman's point was, mm -hmm. you know, stop dwelling on that. You got opportunity. Go after the opportunity. Right. Shut up. Get over it. Move on right. and make something of yourself. I mean, this is a guy who encountered success, became successful and all that stuff. It's not because every obstacle was removed and a racism racism was erased. No, he he achieved in spite of that, along with many, many successful black Americans. So I want to play this. It's just it's so disempowering. I want to play this little clip here so that uh, let me make sure I didn't. I did this right because I think I forgot to hit the audio button that time just to give people just another chance. LibertyFirstUniversity.com is where this course is and just to see how powerful it actually is. Keep them in power and they do it by lying to you. I'm going to show you the heroes and the founding fathers that don't look like George Washington, that you didn't think existed. You're going to realize how much you've been lied to. And you're going to realize how much your thinking has been manipulated. Hello? I want you to remember that. How much your thinking has been manipulated. And that's the key right there, right? Because this the way they cherry pick is to make it such a way that your thinking is organized in a specific way. Yes. And thank you, Fadi, for clarifying that, because that's exactly what this course is. So input and recognize for their contribution to the great success of America. Please go to Unsung Heroes Project. Dot com or go to Liberty First University. You can sign up and, and watch the course, but go to unsungheroesproject.com. That's exactly what this con this presentation is about. It's telling the part of the history that's not told. Right. Uh, so rather than the, the focus on all the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the victimhood message, this tells the story of successful black Americans. And we have modern day. So MD just mentioned Thomas Sowell, Walter Williams. I mean, people in the modern times, my point in this presentation was to uh, show you all the ones prior to 1863, prior to the emancipation proclamation, because that's supposedly the time of slavery. And so my entire presentation an hours worth of, of history of individuals um, during the so-called period of slavery, achieving great things. Several of those people, uh, black, black patriots who were instrumental in American history that had it not been for about three different, uh, black patriots, America would not exist. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I, I, there are three, three in particular in this presentation that I talk about that had it not been for these men and the events they were involved in, America may not even exist. And I would say 95% or more of American and certainly black America never has ever heard their names. Yeah. So it's, 
it's it's just crazy. And you watch this presentation or go to unsungheroesproject.com, uh, check. And I don't have all the biographies on that website. We're still, it's a work in progress. Um, but you will, get, you will get a taste. You will see how absolutely stolen uh, history is from black America in particular. For the complete picture, for the complete lesson. So you're prepared to deal with anything that comes out. You go to libertyfirstuniversity.com. Take that class there. Uh, we have a large number of classes, like I said, Slavery and the American Founders. There were some people in the chat room talking about how, um, you know, that some some part of American slavery is never talked about. Well, we get into the fullness of slavery, you know, how, how the poor English were slave, how the Irish were enslaved in the beginning and how all that worked uh, in that class, Slavery and the American Founders. And how our founders themselves established that there would be only one way to end slavery as an institution in the American colonies, and that is to become independent from Great Britain. And so part of what we're going to do there, Sheena, we see your comment there. JC is going to get working on that for you. Uh, and... So here we are going to uh, move into the stories of today that I promised you one of them has to do with something that we've been talking about for a while. I actually wrote an article about this, and I'll share that article with you as well. But Biden has a Supreme Court commission, just as we warned, that to stack the Supreme Court. Now, check this out. The headline here, JC, is that the uh, uh, liberals are eager to pack the court. Mm -hmm. They are eager to pack the court. And what that means is that they want to add seats to the Supreme Court. I hate this channel. Uh, they want to add seats to the Supreme Court in order to, and it says so in that article, to balance out the judges that that Trump put in there, right? So just so you know, there has to be an, un, an odd number of Supreme Court justices, okay? There has to be uh, 7, 9, 11, 13. So the question would be, when you open the box to add justices, you're not adding one, you're adding two. You're not adding three, you're adding four, right? So anytime you add a justice, it's not just one, it's two. And so what that would mean is that you would have to add a minimum of two justices straight off the top, right? And, and it would just be brand new justices that are put, pulled together by this commission created by Biden to determine, and I want to say this out loud so you get this, to determine the efficacy of the Supreme Court. Now, JC, can you think of anything less violative of, or I'm sorry, anything more violative of separation of powers than the executive branch creating a commission to determine whether our judicial branch is effective enough I mean, that is absolutely insane. That is nuts. That is violation of separation of powers. And it sets up this really, really crazy, crazy paradigm, right? Who, who is going to challenge 
the executive branch in this plan to uh, determine whether the Supreme Court is effective enough or not. So it either falls in the hands of the legislative branch to do that, which we all know, especially with that headline up there, you know, the the liberals are eager to pack the court. So that means that the liberals are wanting to, they're not talking to just about, you know, the liberals, your neighbors. They're talking about the liberals in the House and in the Senate. And so if you have liberals in the Senate, excuse me, Bless. you have liberals in the Senate who are eager to pack the court, then you have a situation now where you have a battle that the check and balance of the legislative branch on the executive branch is not going to happen. So the only check and balance then that remains is the, the, the judicial branch checking the executive branch. What an awkward position to be in for the judicial branch to step up and say to the executive branch, it's not constitutional for you to add justices in this way. Because then everybody says, oh, well, that's and I and I saw the articles. I should have pulled it. I didn't pull it. That's just the judicial branch trying to protect their power. They not just want to keep they just want to make sure that the they, that the that their little Trump created enclave of power is not diluted by these new justices that are going to be brought in. And so what I did was write this article um, and it's up on it's up on the chrisannhall.com channel uh, website, whatever you want to call that. And it's called Before Stacking a Court, Six Facts You Need to Know About Our U.S. Supreme Court. Now, I realize that this is not as glamorous as, you know, a, a fist fight between Joe Biden and, and Donald Trump or whatever, how that works. But these are the things that we must know to combat the narrative that's going to be brought forward. And I wanted everybody to sort of realize up front, right from the beginning, that it really doesn't matter how many justices you have on the Supreme Court, whether you have 31 or nine. What matters is making sure that those justices are constitutionally fettered and not politically motivated, which is good luck. Neither one way or another here. So the idea that you know packing the court, I want to just put it out there because there are some people, JC, saying packing the court. No, we just think there need to be more voices. Okay, that's true. Maybe that, maybe that is true. Maybe that's not true. But the bottom line is. You're not packing the court because you want more voices. Right. You are packing the court because you want activist judges. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing. So we have to be ready to combat this narrative. We've got to know this information. And it's just six things, guys. Just six things about the American judiciary that we all should be knowing so we can actually have a a conversation of meaning and reason with people. Now, I realize you may not be able to reason with some people, but that's the whole purpose for this just 
six things. You know, Thomas Paine said trying to reason uh, with someone who has set aside reason is like administering medicine to a dead man. But, you know, I think that we still have an obligation to try. Thank you for your super chat, Nate Bama. Uh, we we don't have a constitutional government. Yes, they are evil, self-righteous politicians, but they exist this way because we put them there and we allow them to stay who they are, right? Uh, it, uh, to me, it's still about states. I mean, right? kind of spitting in the wind with all this, the federal whatever. For them, it's all about power. They, right. they, they care less about the number and... Uh, whatever the law is, it, it it's all control. I mean, it's just right. purely control, right? And and they've realized there's no there's no check at mm -hmm. that level, and so they don't even care anymore. Right, exactly. And the idea, you know, the idea that there was ever a check at that level is somewhat naive because our founders didn't create a federal government whose only check and balance was itself. As a matter of fact, they themselves had this conversation that it was a bit idealistic and, and naive to think that the, the government, you know, that these checks and balances that we put in place would ever take place. As a matter of fact, Jefferson referred to the internal federal government checks and balances quite often as merely a scarecrow, you know, something that we put in there because they needs to be in there. If you have a government that's operating the way it's supposed to, according to the Constitution, then those checks become valuable. Then they become a working mechanism in the Constitutional Republic. But the moment you have a, a, a federal government that's not following the Constitution, that's not working properly, then those checks and balances don't work anymore. Yeah. So that's why we have to go to the state side to do this. Yeah. And I think, you know, you you reason with the st states at this point, make sure they're aware of that information to to be to know they need to stand. I mean, right. I don't you're not going to reason with anybody at the federal level at this point. Oh, no, no, not at all. I'm not talking about reason about people. I'm when I mean reason with people, I mean, sit down with your neighbors and sit down with your family members and your friends, because that's where the education has to start. It has to right. start with us. It's like Abigail Adams said, the flame has to be lit so we can watch it spread to soul to soul. You're not going to ignite any kind of change in the heart of these politicians who are who mm. are built on the accumulation of power and wealth unto themselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is, they're they're in high speed mode to do everything they possibly can, you know, before before the midterms. And it's at this point, they're kind of roadblocked with with the um with the senate on most things right uh but so i i think it's quite likely that that'll be driven to you know get rid of the filibuster and then they'll run roughshod over oh no the they're already country. they're already trying yeah. to get rid of the filibuster. They'll, they'll run roughshod over the country in the next two years and you know i which i think Again, all this just further in, inflames people and further di divides, and I think ultimately seals their fate. You know, eventually, that, that's where we're headed. So, on the one on the one hand, and I and I said this, I said this before the election, that if Biden, if if Biden is to be the president, then I felt like, well, I hope then they get the house and the senate and everything because if he's in there we need to we need to stop playing this game we need to stop right. we need to get off the pendulum so if they're in there 
let them go full throttle right and do do everything they want to do so that people finally see this i'm i'm still convinced that when you talk about the street level people a lot of a lot of the people supporting democrats and by the way you see this i think this is supported where you see the whole i regret i regret that i voted for biden thing happening all over social media but the so many people don't don't even know what they're asking for and the problem with a lot of these blue states they're always bailed out and propped up by the federal government which is a redistribution of the other states you know to the benefit of 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 the blue states with terrible policies so they never have to suffer under you know fully under what they're doing so so all of this stuff biden's doing and and all that they want to do go full throttle because this in my view takes us to that place where the the federal government to that place where people can finally wake up and it takes them to that to the end of their undoing in the meantime let's get to the backstop of the states and protect protect ourselves from suffering you know more of the fallout in our states and just being hauled off to concentration camps while it happens but i think they need to be exposed they need to be exposed by doing what they say they're going to do so the more they do the more people see them for who they are the interesting thing is is that we're going to have to overcome the defeatist kind of narrative that the people are feeling yeah, of it'll wear i'm not going to vote i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do that voting's all destroyed we can't do anything because the voting's done see that's the narrative that they sow because they want you to check out because they realize that the more as jc was saying they exercise these powers the more that bumps against the lives the daily lives of the people the more that the states stand up you see when the states stand up to this they actually expose what's happening so we have um our governor desantis actually gave a speech recently and said florida never because we had biden step up and and call out biden's administration call out florida saying you have to open you have to shut down bars and restaurants in florida florida you know i mean the presidential administration saying florida has to shut down bars and restaurants mm -hmm. well governor desantis stood up and gave a speech and said um no florida while the federal government was bringing people down, Florida was lifting people up. We're not going to close down our businesses because that's how people survive. DeSantis even said every business is essential and we're not going to shut them down. Now, every time a governor stands up and opposes something that the Biden administration says or does, just simply highlights this this out of control speeding train federal government and gives people more understanding of the power of the states. So uh, we have to be a people that educate on this. I want to talk about this right here because this is exactly what we're talking about. This article is on, uh, on Politico and Biden confronts the limits of his executive power. So Biden has been running around issuing executive orders at a breakneck pace and uh, $15 an hour for federal workers and uh, all of this stuff. He wants to issue more money. And what's amazing is, is that, that they say in here, this chief economist, Diane Swank said that the only way 
that the American economy will get better is if the Biden administration dumps cash into the economy, which we all know that's simply not true. That's simply that like creates an economic bubble. You have a, a boom of people with with liquid assets that go do what? What do they do? Well, they they give money it, to the big corporations exactly. who are allowed to stay open. Exactly. That's that's the point. It's 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 not it's a, a redistribution of money. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not about you know dumping the money into the economy as a whole per se, but it's the fact this it's diverted. It's only diverted to a small hand of of individuals and mostly uh mostly it's to the government itself. Mm -hmm. I mean when you look back at all of these stimulus uh whatever whatever they're called stimulus bills or what have you uh it was all it was all money given to government to expand right. expand itself and foreign uh, just, governments yeah right and foreign governments and and the money that went to the people was all rerouted to the corporate cronies yeah. that they were exempt from any of the shutdowns because remember mom and pop are closed and the bottom line is it is mom and pop who drive the real economic long-term yeah, solutions if it's you, not these big corporations if you look and i think it was almost 6 trillion or so under under the trump administration all all under the under the uh, label of relief uh, i don't I haven't looked at the numbers specifically, but I remember as we were watching this stuff happen and talking about it, uh, you know, a huge, huge percentage of it were was state agencies like uh, whatever this department, that department, the daycare for federal workers and different mm -hmm. things like that. And then NGOs, you know, around the periphery like that all the the museums and Kennedy Center and all this sort of stuff 75 million dollars to a daycare right and then foreign That's governments while the you know the individual gets 600 bucks or 1800 bucks or whatever and so it's just a big boondoggle for the expansion of federal government and, and it's you know fascinating that so much of that happened under the Trump administration. I mean, mm -hmm. this is massive, massive, massive government spending on government. So it's, our, it's really crazy. Our friend Victor, JC, you know, I had dinner with Victor last week while I was in Texas. He gave me some fascinating material. He even, I don't know if you can see this. He actually hand wrote some statistics for us to go through. We're going to have a class. We're going to have a show on this this week after JC and I have a chance to go through this because JC wasn't with me when we met Victor. So I want him to have a chance to go through everything that Victor taught me. But Victor is a, a, a Wall Street guy. So he understands these numbers. He understands what's driving all of this stuff. And it's just absolutely fascinating the, the way he connected the dots for me to show how all of this this stimulus money and this money yeah. is actually nothing more than 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 a than a circular funneling of political power and money to the same people. So they just it's it's crazy. It's like they're just handing the money to each other so they can hand it back to each other. It's well, and it, crazy. And, it, and it's the it's the government apparatus, right? The stuff that makes all this go really has nothing to do with the president. And I mean, that's yeah. we 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 fought people over this mm -hmm. for four years, having this discussion and you were hated from every side. Right. Um, tr Trump Trump didn't run things. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? So he's he's not the one dictating all the spending and whatever. So then people thought, well, we got Trump in there. So 
you know, the, 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 the billions of dollars aren't going to go to all these places anymore. Right. That, I'm sorry. That's not the way it works. There are, there are other entities that control the purse strings in the federal government that I'm sorry, there's no president uh, th that's going to get in there and do this. And the house is supposed to have control over the purse. I mean, and, and they're basically puppets on the string of, of all these special interests and in the, in the political parties, they funny money to the money to themselves. So I want to show you this up here. What this just is going to continue to go up. Uh, this is from the political article that I thought maybe a little section that JC might find a little bit interesting, but it says here uh, what the country needs the most is an influx of cash. That's what I was talking about before, but that the new president is entirely dependent upon lawmakers. If he wants to turn the economy around, um, despite, the Democrats' slim majorities in both chambers, Biden's path toward victory on Capitol Hill remains dotted with landmines. He could try to work with Republicans and risk a stalemate or, a mo or months of inaction, angering his own base. He could try to force a bill through without any GOP votes, blowing up his own promises of unity and bipartisanship in the first weeks of his term. Or, as progressive Democrats fear, he could search for a compromise, running the risk of watered-down package that takes months to pass amidst some priorities and sparks only a sluggish e economic growth. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the little trap that they've they've created for themselves. <laughs> I suspect that the um, the the little false concern here of uh, forcing a bill through without any GOP votes and blowing up his own promises is going to be the path of least resistance because they don't care about this. You know, AOC, yeah, the whole premise is garbage. AO, AOC is threatening to run against Schumer for Pete's yeah. sakes because of this internal rift within the Democrat Party. First which off, also is going to be to our benefit to a certain extent. First off, Politico is trash. All yep. right. So you can see the bias from the very, mm -hmm. the, the headline, yeah. the, the sub headline, right? You can see their bias from the beginning. Biden confronts the limits executive power without help from Congress. He has few options to turn the U.S. economy around. So they're already implying intent mm -hmm. and is, you know, building this sort of rosy kind of rosy right. intent of he just wants to help people turn the economy around. They have no interest in turning the economy around politico mm -hmm. knows this they're a bunch of liars and hacks um and the economy deep staters is, the so economy it, it's about funneling get. money to special interests period the economy is not going to get turned around until we start uh, lifting all this stupidity of shutting down businesses and scaring people to stay Listen, home and you can put in a million dollars in the economy if people are if the, the businesses are shut and the people aren't going anywhere the only thing government can do listen to me very clearly mm -hmm. the only thing the government can do is hurt the economy well, the only uh, the, the, other, the, the minute, government on. doesn't make the economy go. Here's the, it here's doesn't the, work that way. Okay, so JC, there is something they can do to yeah. help that, yes. something positive, Absolutely. productive. Uh huh. And it is get out of the way. Yeah, do nothing. Get out of the way. The government can get out of the way, and that's how the economy yeah. gets. So better. when you when which you is see, what happened in South Dakota, right? right? South Dakota is like we're done, and that's what they're trying to do in Florida. They're Florida government's trying to open up. We have these little enclaves of tyrants like Hillsborough County and other and and uh, Broward County that want to to you know kill us in the progressive Democrat uh, narrative. But yeah. in reality, what what 
DeSantis was saying is we are getting out of the way, which is why it's helping people. And that's what they did in South Dakota. The yeah. governor of South Dakota is like, I'm not I'm not going to do this. I'm going to stay out of the way. People are smart. People are considerate of each other in general, and people will do what's necessary. The government government is a negative. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't create government. It doesn't make anything. Even when it creates money, it's a negative. Right. Their creation of money actually takes from the economy. Right. When they put money into the economy, it takes from the economy because you're simply reducing the value of the dollar. So there, there's no policy that the government can make. There's no positive economic government policy. There, n- no such thing exists. The economy, wealth, prosperity is a creative process. See, this is the problem with with the left. I don't remember if we said this, if I said this actually on the show. The the left assumes wealth as as the default, right? There's There's just wealth. It just exists. It's out there. There are these riches. And so we have to go get it and figure out how to best to distribute it. So they they wealth is the default for them. That's not so. Wealth has to be creative. That's it's not the default. A creative process has to take place. I mean, if you really if you want to get theological here, uh, this is a reflection of the nature of God. So when you remove the creative process, right, wealth creation and prosperity has to involve a creative process. Somebody has to do something. So you have these kids walking around and, and you know, uh, food is magically in the refrigerator and in the pantry and clothes are magically in their closet. And they don't see mom and dad going to work. They have to do something. They have to engage in a creative process for wealth to be made, for property to be created, for prosperity need to be, be created. So government doesn't create a thing. And any policy that they make, they're taking, taking, taking. So this idea, well, Biden to turn around the economy or whoever turn around the economy. That's not what they do. It's what I I hope we can impress on the people here is I think, number one, the GOP understands what JC is saying. I think that there are people who understand what he's saying. But what that does is that what if we operate the way it's supposed to operate in the manner that JC is explaining, then these people don't have the power and control that they have. What we need because they understand this. What we need is. For the people to understand that, and that's what we're doing. And one of the reasons that I want they leverage they leverage the ignorance Mm -hmm. of the people. They get it. Yeah. The the party, the the party animals, the 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 establishment, left and right. Yeah, they get it because they leverage the ignorance of the people. You know, saying freak. Oh, you have such college debt. We want to pay for your college debt and all this crap. Nate Bama wants you to run for governor, JC. Uh, Because I know he's not talking to me. So what (sighs) I I wanted to 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 bite my lip there. Uh, so what you want, what the purpose of me showing you all of this about all these executive orders and what, what is happening with Biden and how these executive orders are actually infringing upon us. For example, I want to show you this one, JC, because this is one of those moments where I get to say, Hey guys, um, I warned you, I hope that you took the warning and that you are willing if you didn't take the warning to at least admit up what's going on here. So on January 20th, Biden issued the executive order on preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. Now, let me explain to you something. 
the executive orders can only affect federal things. They can only affect the executive branch to be constitutional. When they go outside of that, then they're not constitutional, which is why we have to train our governors and our local government and our state legislators to say, no, you have no authority here. But let me show you what happens in this executive order and how this works, okay? This executive order uh, is, it says right here, let me put it up there, that within 100 days of the date of this order, the head of each agency shall develop in consultation with the attorney general as appropriate to plan a plan to carry out actions that the I, that the agency has identified pursuant to subsections B and C of this section as appropriate and consistent with applicable law. So it can't come into your state and tell your governor what to do, right? But what it does then is it, as the executive order says here in the beginning, Title Seven people who get Title Seven money, people who follow under Title Seven, people who get Title Nine money mm-hmm. fall under Title Nine. Guess what that it's is, about federal guys? Funds. It's about federal funds. Just so you can see how this works. So uh, Title Seven is the Civil Rights Act, and it has also to do with uh, employment. It has to do with hiring and firing. Title Nine has to do with. Are you ready? You know this. The schools, your public schools get Title IX money. Stop taking federal funds. Right? So you have Title IX money here, just so you can see it. And it's not Chris Ann making stuff up. Title IX is the education amendment. Would that apply to the moronic churches that took PPP? Well, this is what we're getting at, right? This is exactly where that is going. You have now. This executive order being applied. Now, look, it says we have to apply it within the law. Well, the problem is, is that we have all of these unconstitutional acts in Congress where Congress is handing out money to our school systems, handing out money to people, handing out money to private schools and churches and private businesses in the PPP recovery, which we now have people demanding more money, right? Because remember the story that we covered this this time, before this one? The only way the economy will recover is if the federal government dumps more cash into the economy. Well, look, guys, more cash is more control. The more money you take, the more in debt you become, the more you're puppet mastered by the puppet masters. And so now here we go, guys. I hate to tell you this, but these churches who took the PPP money, you are next. Mm -hmm. You are going to be told you have to have gay weddings. You're going to have to be told that you have to have transgender pastors. You're going to be told because you took federal funding, you must comply with federal executive orders. And you may, now I'm going to say this very possibly, you may be, be you may be, get, uh, we'll get a choice. You can pay us back what we paid you or do this. Mm -hmm. That's a possibility. It's not likely, 
it's more likely going to be you took it. You got to do it. We now control you, right? You are now a state-run church. You are now a, and I don't mean state by Texas. I mean government. You are now a federal government-run church. You are now a federal government private school. You are now a federal government-owned business. So you paid your employees with PPP, whether you be a church or a private business, the federal government now owns you. And this now becomes your executive order. So all of those churches, all of those pastors, all of those Christian lawyers who came at me telling me that I was trying to discriminate discriminate against the churches for uh, not allowing them to have that money, they are now going to be brought into the federal fold. And hey, guys, this is possibility that you they will put start putting mandates on the American people if you took this. They already right? try to put mandates on people. And so uh, if you take that stimulus money, you better be sticking it someplace where you can give it up and it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, Jackie, PPP is the the stimulus money that went out to the businesses to pay their employees mm-hmm. and their bills and keep, and keep the doors open. Keep the federal doors government open. paid them to keep their doors open. Yeah, paid the, the federal government keeping the doors open. So guess what? Churches, but Christian it wasn't schools, just it wasn't just the blanket check sent to everybody. It was a program you applied for. So in that regard, it you know it was like here are these stipulations and. You you entered into a contractual agreement, right? Essentially, right. And then in that contractual agreement, which JC, nobody reads, was the language because that's what we talked about. I showed you the language on this show, and that's why I can be said, to your question. Yeah, that's why I, I showed you the language on this show in the little contract that said we now have the authority to audit you. If we don't like how you spent that money, we have the authority to not only take back that money, but to take that back that money with interest and fees. Right. Right. So here you go, guys. This is now the new string attached to all that money. You either do that according to that little clause or you get the shakedown of you will. We will close down your business because we'll come and through civil asset forfeiture, take what you owe us mm-hmm. by force, right? So the video that I want to highlight for you today is uh, a clip video from chrisannhall.com's, uh, or from Chris Ann Hall video channel that shows you, look, this has got to be a state and local thing. This is one of the uh, this is one of our most popular clip videos that we have this week. Something I want to show you guys because the bottom line is this. All right, everybody, JC, you got to get me that little thing that goes solution, solution, solution. Here is the solution part for all you guys who are running out there going. Chris Ann's all talk and she never says anything. We never get any solutions. Here are your solutions. You've got to get this fixed at state and local level because at the state and local level, your governor, your legislature, your sheriff and your county can all say to the federal government, no, we will not allow you to enforce that here. Bottom line, our businesses will run free from federal intrusion. But if you keep taking the federal money, you cut the legs out from underneath your governor, right? You have to do that. So here we go. Um, Did I do this? Oh, I have to share it first, right? There we go. This you can find this video at the Chris Ann Hall YouTube channel. 
It will help you. I'm only going to play a few seconds of it so you can see it. But this is the video where you get your intensive boot, boot, boot camp training on how to get in control of the state of your local and state governments. Uh, it's my belief that we can make a bigger difference um, on local politics. You know, we see these people in the stores. Um, I can't do a thing, unfortunately, about um, Joe Biden or Donald Trump or any of that. I, I can do very little um, when it comes to state politics, but local politics, we can make the ground rumble under City Hall, JC. Yeah, you know, and what's interesting about that, and we try to teach the students here at um, River School of Government, uh, and I think we heard, um, we had uh, folks from a leadership institute come and train, Morton Blackwell's Leadership Institute, and, you know, they emphasized this and repeated this, uh, just heard it again the other day, but the, the local local politics, right, to the extent you can affect state politics, local politics is that training ground. So, you know, if you can, you can kind of affect the local and then at the same time, you know, if you can incorporate encouraging others, training others, get them in there, you, you, you find somebody that's a principled, effective uh, representative for you on the local level, then you, you know, that person can go to the state level and make a difference there, you know, and you. So JC, what you've got now is a situation where we have a training video up on our YouTube channel that talks about how you can get, this done. What's interesting, you said Mises said this. I've been saying this for seven years. People should ignore federal politics and create crucibles of constitutionalists in government at the state and local level, move them up, you know, and that's exactly what we should be doing. People are concerned about the federal legislation to take over elections and mandate how elections are supposed to work. By the way, for the federal government to issue a congressional act that tells the states how voting has to take place is completely and totally unconstitutional. Our Constitution specifically keeps the federal government out of the state part of those elections. And whether it passes or not ought to be irrelevant to the states because the states have the authority to say, no, we're not going to follow that act. And that's what we need to do here in our next two years is to get our state and local governments really, really working to make our governments at the state and local level the working parts of our constitutional republic that they're supposed to be. Amen. All right, guys, we are uh, we are actually at the end of our show today. And this is, I feel, I feel somewhat re-energized from having Jay cover, JC cover the show for me last week. And, Good. and we have, it feels like this administration is giving us a, a lot of things, a lot of teaching moments to talk about. So we're not for lack of, of things to teach, but we need you to help us teach them. So don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe, ring that bell so you get the notices, and don't forget to share. Chad was in my five-hour workshop this weekend. Chad is an attorney as well. But look at this picture. This is not what Chad looks like anymore, JC. <laughs> Chad has a full beard, and I could hardly even Good. recognize him. But I did get to meet Chad's dad, and it was a really great time. Hey, go to chrisannhall.com. Check out the calendar. If if you live in Florida and you have not checked out my calendar for February, you have absolutely no excuse to say, I did not know where you were. We are like all over Florida in February. And then we're going back to Oregon at the end of the month. 
And I will be in Texas. We will be in Texas at the at the last weekend of February as well in the Houston area. So great, great things. Great turning. Hey, you know, somebody said to me, all of these executive orders and all the laws that Congress are trying to make are the end of democracy. No, it's not the end of democracy. You know what it is, JC? It is the beginning of the restoration of the proper attitude of our states to be the check and balance on the federal government. See, don't take this negativity and defeat as your own. You must take the understanding that every bad is the opportunity to become a better and to, to make things right. And that's the right thing. This is an opportunity for us to get our states back as a state-controlled constitutional republic. ChrisAnnHall.com is where you find the calendar. Go to ChrisAnnHall.com. ChrisAnnHall.com. And don't for, also don't forget the article, Six Things You Need to Know About the Supreme Court before they start stacking the court so you can help get that done. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. You want to say goodbye, JC? See you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye.